My name is Ben Greenfield, and on this episode of the Ben Greenfield Life Podcast. Kratom, you know, is, it's been around in the U.S. since the 70s. It's from Southeast Asia, and in the 70s, you had Asian populations that migrated in. They brought it with them. You had Vietnam vets that came back that were exposed to it while they were there that were using it, and they brought it back with them. So it's been around for a long time. Currently, it's estimated there's somewhere between 15 and 20 million people in the U.S. that use it on a regular basis. So it's, it's a big, big market. It is a big market because it really works. But again, it's like anything, you have to consume it responsibly or you're gonna have issues. Faith, family, fitness, health, performance, nutrition, longevity, ancestral living, biohacking, and a whole lot more. Welcome to the show. Well, if you, like me, enjoy the occasional dose of good old nicotine to increase your focus, your creativity, your productivity, it's a very beneficial life hack, honestly. And you're looking for a way to do it without getting a bunch of toxins into your system. You should check out Lucy. They're a modern oral nicotine company that makes gum and lozenges and pouches. Their cherry ice flavor, by the way, is amazing for any adult who wants a really good, responsible way to consume nicotine. So if you want a nicotine product you can actually feel good and guilt-free about, then Lucy is definitely for you. Now, I have to warn you, it does contain nicotine. Nicotine is addictive, so proceed with responsibility. But if you enjoy nicotine or you want to feel what it really feels like to be supercharged on nicotine, check them out, lucy.co. That's L-U-C-Y dot C-O and use promo code BEN20 at checkout. Ah, oh, summer. I feel like that snowman out of Frozen. Summer brings warmth and sunshine and mud puddles and energizing opportunities to reconnect and move and play and a fair amount of sweat. Sweat, sweat, sweat. And that dilutes you. All right. It gets minerals out of your bloodstream and that can lead to headaches and poor sleep and all sorts of nasty effects. And yeah, drinking water helps, especially mineral rich water, but you need the right fluid to electrolyte balance. And that's a science. When I get that science right, I feel amazing, especially on hard workout days. And this company Element that makes great tasting electrolytes just launched an amazing flavor titled Grapefruit Salt. So you can balance your minerals all summer long and you can make really great recipes with this stuff. May or may not be good in a cocktail, that's up to you. But it's also fantastic over ice in ice water with a little bit of iced tea. It's good, believe it or not, in a lot of iced coffee drinks. It's great simply sprinkled into some kombucha or like I mentioned, your favorite cocktail so you can mineralize and alcoholize at the same time. Anyways, electrolytes are a science and element has knocked the science out of the ballpark and getting the ratios right and the flavors that I mentioned are amazing. So you get a free element sample pack with any order when you order through drinklmnt.com slash Ben Greenfield. That's drinklmnt.com slash Ben Greenfield. Earlier this year, I made a pretty big statement that I think that when it comes to NAD, nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide, this molecule with great cellular protective and anti-aging properties, when it comes to the bioavailability of it, I think that nothing beats from what I've seen NAD3, a version of NAD that's very bioavailable, difficult to find, but there is a new product that has added other proven longevity compounds, namely spermidine niacinamide, and resveratrol to the NAD3, making it the most complete and efficacious NAD supplement that I think exists anywhere. And it's called BioStack NAD Regen, made by BioStack Labs. NAD Regen, like regeneration. Now, this is pretty impressive stuff. I'm popping three every morning right now. I'm also taking their cell shield. So those two in combination give an enormous age reversal, longevity, anti-aging punch. When you get a three-month supply of this stuff, they're going to send you a fourth bottle totally free. So you're getting a bottle completely free. You go to biostacklabs.com slash Ben, biostack, B-I-O-S-T-A-C-K, labs.com slash Ben, if you want to try this stuff out. So again, it's called NAD Regen. 
Well, folks, this is the third appearance on my podcast for today's very interesting, but I would also say pretty controversial guest. His name is J.W. Ross. He runs the company Botanic Tonics, and I've had Jay on twice before on the show. The first time I had him on, he was introducing to the world this new drinkable euphoria-inducing compound that he kind of developed when he was looking for a way to get more energy and drink less alcohol. The name of this compound is Feel Free. It's like this little liquid blue shot. You might have seen it around before, and it kind of seemed to take the whole energy drink and alcohol alternative industry by storm. I got my hands on some uh, one one day when I was in Austin several months ago, probably almost a year ago, drank a bottle before a podcast, absolutely loved it, and have continued to use it to this day. I don't use a lot of it, which I think some people probably do too much of it, but I, I probably average about three bottles of this feel-free stuff a week. And if I've got a really intensive training week, I probably get up to about five bottles. So it's like a little, kind of almost almost the size of a a five-hour energy. So interestingly, I also often, uh, as a matter of fact, I I had my first shot this morning in about two weeks, just because as with any energy drink or, or compound like this, I modulate my consumption. But that kind of leads me to the second podcast I did with JW, where we talked about how the dosage in the bottle can be difficult to titrate if you want less. And so he developed these capsules, which have also the same type of kava and kratom, the two primary ingredients of the feel-free drink. JW reached out to me a couple of months ago and told me they're developing this brand new kratom-free version of the stuff, which I wanted to get into. But since then, a whole bunch has kind of blown up around this whole feel-free energy drink anyways, because they're going through a, a lawsuit. There's a bunch of controversy in the U.S. right now around Kratom. So I figured it would be a, a good opportunity to have JW on to just talk about all things feel free and really all things Kratom, particularly regarding all the controversy around it. So if you're listening in and you want to listen to the first two episodes with J-Dub, go to bengreenfieldlife.com slash feel free three. That's bengreenfieldlife.com slash feel free number three. Because again, this is the third podcast that I've done with JW. And so, uh, JW, welcome back, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm stoked. And you, uh, I forget, are you living in, in Austin right now? Cause we, we met at one point, I forget it was Austin or LA. No, I'm in uh, Los Angeles. Okay. All right. That's right. That's right. You guys still have, uh, your, your warehouse and production facilities and everything down there. We do. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was, visit- when I was visiting you, you were just kind of building everything up. And obviously, it's been a pretty successful company. But let's jump right into the elephant in the room here, man. Apparently, you guys are getting sued. We have a potential class action suit filed, an individual that uh, is claiming basically wrongful marketing. Okay. Tell me about that. So he, like myself, uh, is an alcoholic. Wait, wait, I got to ask you, you're, you're not still an alcoholic, right? Well, re- recovering alcoholic. I mean, I don't think okay. you ever, you know, <laughs> the way I understand it is it doesn't ever go away. I've not had a drink in 13 years. I still know that if I started drinking that it, you know, it wouldn't end well. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear you haven't turned to whiskey in the, in the wake of this lawsuit, but go, go ahead and continue. <laughs> what, what's going on with the lawsuit? So what he alleges is that, you know, he had stopped drinking. Uh, He'd gotten out of rehab, stopped drinking, and he started using Feel Free. Unfortunately, he started using, you know, way more of it than what we recommend. And that, he says, then started him back to drinking again, and then he went back to rehab. Why did he say he started drinking again after drinking Feel Free? He said that he had, that he was trying to stop the feel free, and he needed the alcohol to get off of the feel free. Oh, okay, kind of like that upper downer roller coaster ride type of thing, which I, I think actually happens a lot in the supplements industry. Somebody somebody will stop one energy compound, and then kind of you know, oh, I quit taking caffeine or I quit taking nicotine, so now I need whatever, low psilocybin or LSD to, to give me the same energy that that was getting. And it's kind of tricky because we have so many of these compounds available at our fingertips now, readily accessible over the counter. And I think sometimes people just uh, often 
don't understand what they're taking or, or what they're uh, consuming, especially as far as doshas goes. You know, you and I talked about this in, I think, the last show. I mean, you, you pick up a bottle, of, let's say, Feel Free, which you, know, you can find at a gas station or order online or whatever. And I think that some people treat, you know, a small glass bottle like that as something they can drink in pretty much unrestricted amounts because it's kind of like drinking a bottle of water or a lot of people who drink Monster, for example, they'll slam three or four of those a day and just kind of basically love that clean bleed of energy. But it seems like the ingredients in something like Feel Free, particularly the, the Kratom, would dictate that you do want to gate your consumption somehow. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think a lot of people are, are grabbing these bottles and just slamming too many of them. You know, it's like anything else. I mean, I don't care what it is. If you consume too much of it, you know, it's going to have, you're going to have problems. I mean, the extreme of that is, you know, people have heard this is you can OD on water if you consume too much water. So yeah. anything that makes you feel good can be habit forming. And that's, I don't care yeah. if it's sugar, or if it's alcohol, or if it's sex or whatever it is. And if you do it in excess, it can create physical and or social problems. Yeah, yeah. And and so what I understand from this lawsuit, apparently what this individual is, is claiming is that they didn't know Kratom particularly was in Feel Free or they feel like the labeling was misleading or something like that? They state that. Uh, they state also, you know, that there's way more Kratom than Kava in there. They state that it's been synthetically altered you know, none of those things are true. And as you know, the Kratom is, is listed on the bottle. And a little uh, package insert on a bottle. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I, I know that because you recently sent me the new formula that doesn't have Kratom in it. They're in an identical looking box. So when I go into the mini fridge out in my garage and I open up the box, I can see right there on the label which one's the new formula without Kratom and which one isn't. But I, I want to get into some of the details of this lawsuit. Is this something that you've recently fixed as far as the labeling goes, or has the Kratom always been something that's apparent? It really is amazing, you know, that the complaint, I mean, when you get into it, the, you know, these, these other allegations of the fact they're saying that, you know, that's way more Kratom than Kava. We said, well, here's the lab testing showing that that's not the case. Here's our formula. And we asked them, I said, did you test the product? You're making this claim that it's got more Kratom than Kava, did you actually test it? Send it to a lab? And they said, no, we haven't done that yet. You mean the, the prosecuting attorney or whoever's filing this lawsuit, they haven't actually taken it to a third-party lab to test their claims? Correct, correct. And they're you know alleging that we altered it somehow synthetically. I'm like, well, have you tested it to see? Because it's not. And they're like, no, we haven't done that yet. I think we talked about this on the last show. You've done independent lab testing, haven't you? We test every single batch for you know everything contaminants uh, active levels all by third-party certified lab uh, in addition you know we had a full fda audit earlier in the year and they did all their testing too if, if there was anything else in the product that wasn't on the label or if it was you know different than what is on the label it wouldn't be being sold right now yeah. And just so people know, in the supplements industry, explain that to me. Like if, if I own a supplements company and I want to get something tested, but I don't want to create like a fox guarding the henhouse type of scenario and say, hey, I ran, I ran these tests in the lab in my, in my garage or in the office basement or whatever. How exactly does that work? How does the testing work? You're actually through regulation, you're allowed to either test in-house or external. Most of the bigger companies actually test internal. They have their own testing departments. But most small companies, you know, don't set that up and they go to, there's a limited number of accredited labs that are across the U.S. And you just, you know, each batch that you produce, you send the samples in and they, they do their testing. Okay. So, so what have you found from your testing? Has it come back showing that, the ratios of what you're actually putting in this, you know, and, and primarily again, it's Kratom and Kava on other podcasts. We've talked about how there's a little bit of, you know, pineapple for flavoring. And I think some lipids from coconut and stuff like that, but primarily active ingredients, correct me if I'm wrong, are Kratom and Kava. What's been coming back from the labs when you guys do a test? 
the labs have to be run and you have to get the results back before you can even release the product from the plant through, through good manufacturing processes. We've had, you know, one or two batches where that actually was, it was out of spec and we had to dispose of them. Uh, we didn't put them out of the plant. When we had the FDA audit, they came in and reviewed the records of every single batch that we've ever produced and checked the, the lab certificates to make sure that they matched. They even went as far as, because we have to keep retains of each batch that we produce to check, you know, six months, a year, so far down the line. And they even took samples of those and tested them. Now, when you say when you say out of spec, what's that mean? That it was it was just you know maybe the active was a little bit higher or lower than what it was supposed to be. It's only happened. Okay. I think it's happened twice. We've had two different batches that it happened to, and both of those we had. You have to have a third party come in, certified party to come in for disposal. It has to be certified that they took it, when they took it, how much they took. So. There's no room for error in producing something that's not what it is on the label. Yeah, my first experience, by the way, with out-of-spec products needing to be disposed of was I used to do a lot of investing in the cannabis space. I visited one of the facilities I'd invested in in Seattle, and they were walking me through. In this case, it was chocolate edibles section of their warehouse. And then we went out back, and they had these giant trash cans full of chocolate cannabis that they had blended with cow manure and compost. And <laughs> the reason for that is what was happening is a bunch of the homeless people around the warehouse figured out where all the thrown out out of spec cannabis chocolate was. And they had a bunch of people back behind the warehouse just basically getting trashed on cannabis. So, so they wound up having to mix it with compost and stuff. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I experienced that firsthand tossing out of spec products. I don't know how much money they, they lost on that, but Anyways, so obviously you're not making a chocolate THC edible. This is Kratom and Kava, two stimulants, anxiolytic compounds. And again, like if you guys want to know the deep science behind the formulation and you're listening in right now, go listen to the other podcast I did with JW because we, we really delved into the science of each specific ingredient. But back to this lawsuit, you mentioned that the claim was that the ratios were different than what you guys actually claim. Remind people what the actual ratios are in terms of the, the ideal product you're producing for Kratom and for Kava. So it's 10 to 1 Kava over Kratom. So 10 to 1 Kava lactones over alkaloids. Okay, got it. So the, uh, the Kratom then, in terms of the actual dosage, you know, th this, this might be kind of a, a little bit of a vague question, but obviously you can go to head shops and seems like you can't swing a dead cat by the tail, at least from, in my experience, without hitting someplace that's selling Kratom, Kratom powders, Kratom capsules, Kratom liquids. Probably the most powerful one I ever had was, I don't know if you know, podcaster Mark Bell. Last podcast I did with him, you guys could probably listen to it. I'm talking like a million miles an hour because Mark gave me a shot of this mind bullet kratom which i drank and speaking of dosage after i drank it i read the label and it was like split into 10 portions or something like that so obviously it was a a lot of kratom but when it comes to the actual dosage if we're looking at like a 10 to 1 dosage of kava to kratom how would the amount of kratom in that compare to say like the average capsule or powder or liquid you might be getting you know at, at the gas station or at, at some place that sells kratom one thing to, to point out also is that we don't use Kratom extracts. We use just okay. full leaf ground Kratom. So we feel like that's the safest form of it. It's how it's been used for thousands of years in Southeast Asia, making the teas. This would be like a cup of coffee versus caffeine powder. You're saying the feel free would be more like the cup of coffee than the caffeine powder. Correct. Yeah. So we use 25 milligrams of alkaloids, uh, Kratom, per serving your average serving you know your shots that you're going to see kratom shots only in the in the stores they're going to start at about 50 milligrams and they're going to go up to 250 so some of them are 10 times what ours are the 25 milligrams of kratom with, with the with the claim that that's synthetic what would it take to make that synthetic? You talked about how you use the natural alkaloid. Would you have to do some kind of a fancy extraction process or something like that? 
to actually make it synthetic, you would have to synthesize it. That's one step beyond an extract. You would have to basically make a drug out of it, take a, a food and make it into a drug. So for you guys, how does it work? Like when, when you get when you get your kratom leaves or whatever, because you said you're getting it from, I, I forget what your sourcing is, but but what exactly is, is the secret sauce here in terms of the way Feel Free is made when you get that leaf? It's basically just taking the leaves, they're dried, and then they're ground, and then we take that and we put it into the, um, into the shot. Very, very little processing. Yeah. I can tell you anecdotally, I, you, a lot of these gas station brands and stuff I see, it ranges from like 10 to 200, so it seems like the dosage widely varies. Most of them are going to be around 50 to 100. That's too much to be taking in one serving. And the reason they're able to do that is... We're the only shot that's on the market that's a full leaf shot. Everything else is extracts. I wonder if that's why people feel kind of kind of different when they use yours. Because I've talked to a lot of people who use Kratom and then they'll take Feel Free and they'll be like, there's something kind of like different about this when it hits me in a different way. Do you hear that? It's different because you're getting 50 some alkaloids versus in, a, in an extract, just a few. You know, you're also okay. getting a lot more of it. I mean... If you tried to put 50 milligrams or 100 milligrams of full leaf kratom into that shot, it would set up like concrete. You can't do it. Yeah. So you're limited by the amount you can put in there because of all the plant fiber. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people have described your product. You probably don't like this as like brown sludge because you got like the the old product, not the new one, which doesn't have kratom, but the old product, yeah, shake it up a lot. And the, I guess the kratom alkaloids kind of settle. But that's interesting you say that because if you guys are one of the few folks who use whole leaf kratom and there's 50 different alkaloids in there compared to, you know, one or just a few in a typical synthetic gas station type of product. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't that explain why a lot of people would think that Feel Free is somehow different than a lot of other kratom products and even lead to them saying, hey, they must be doing something weird or funky with this product that's illegal because it hits me differently than the other kratom that I use. It's a combination of, of that. It's also because, you know, it has kava mixed with it so that the two plants are working together. Yeah. And, and just remind people who might not have time to go back and listen to the other podcasts that we did. Why do you combine the kava with the kratom? I, you know, created this not for commercial purposes. I created it for myself because, you know, I'd stopped drinking, as we said earlier, 13 years ago. And I knew if I didn't find something to replace that, that made me, you know, feel similar, that I would go back to drinking and that wouldn't end well. So I started trying, you know, different substances, legal and illegal, and I couldn't find any single substance that would give me what I was looking for. I was looking for, you know, productivity enhancement, but feeling good, not inebriated, uh, something, you know, that I could use on a regular basis. And I just couldn't find anything in the market that would, you know, would do that for me. So I started mixing different things together. And that's where we came up with uh, the blend of 10 to 1 Cabo over Kratom. And the thing that it's doing is, is the Cava is more relaxing. The Kratom is more energizing. So when you mix those two together, you get what I call chilled energy. You have energy, you're focused, but you're not a caffeine kind of jittery energy. Yeah, that, that's actually why I kind of like it as an alcohol alternative. If I'm going to use it for that. My only complaint about it from an alcohol alternative standpoint regarding the Kratom, and this might be a little bit of the Kava too, is at the dosage of like a whole bottle, I feel like it can cause a little bit of gastric upset. But during the nights when I'll take a shot like around 5 p.m. or so to just kind of be loosey-goosey and energized and get that combination the rest of the evening, I dump it into, I, I just shake up a bottle, I dump it into sparkling water and put a few drops of peppermint essential oil in there. So it's like this minty kratom kava blend. And I have zero gut issues if I dilute it and mix it with peppermint oil. Do you run into other people who, who, who will sometimes have gut issues with it? We recommend, and I don't ever do more than a half a shot at a time. I'll do that a couple times a day. Where we hear people having issues, stomach issues, is when they're doing an excessive amount of it. And we've heard, and you reported before too, about you know constipation. 
part of that I think is because you're taking in a lot of plant fiber. <laughs> I mean, when if you drink you know several bottles of that in a day, that's a lot of fiber to put in your system, and that's going to create constipation. It's an interesting point. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but the other thing that causes me gastric upset if I do a lot of it, are some of these fermentable fibers. Like if a drink is sweetened with a lot of, say, like sugar alcohols, which technically isn't a fermentable fiber, but something that is fermentable like a sugar alcohol or something that's kind of popular in the health and supplements and gut industry right now, which is resistant starch, which is a starch that's technically resistant to digestion and is fermented by the bacteria in the gut. You might not know this off the top of your head, but do you know if if like kratom leaf when it's ground down like that and in a bottle is something that would be considered like a fermentable gut starch? No, it, it wouldn't be. If if it was, you would see that in the uh, the lab testing. You would pick up okay. that um, those counts. You are no doubt familiar with some of the concerns out there when it comes to EMF, like having your phone in your pocket and what science has shown that does to your sperm morphology, having heated items producing EMF, particularly up near your precious skull or say near the crib or bed of your child, having all these smart appliances just blasting you 24-7. We know that that causes a calcium influx into the cell. We know there can be some radiative DNA damage. Yeah, bodies aren't dropping dead right and left, but it is increasingly shown in research to be an issue. Now, there are a lot of EMF protection solutions out there, but there's only one that I'm aware of that has pretty rigorous scientific proof and evidence behind it, meaning that they work with a neuroscientist to conduct EEG brain scans, both with and without this particular product. And they've actually shown some pretty impressive results. It's called Aristec, A-I-R-E-S, Tech. You can check them out at aristech.com slash Ben. That's A-I-R-E-S tech.com forward slash Ben. But basically, these are simple products you can attach to a phone, to a tablet, to headphones. They cover about 19 feet out from your body when attached to those devices. They also have one called a Flex, which is a pendant that you can wear that covers about 42 feet around you. And then they have their Zone Max, which is for large spaces in your home or your office to also offer an EMF protective effect. This uses a uh, microprocessor and antenna that's powered off the sources of surrounding radiation, and that modulates the EMF, kind of like noise-canceling headphones for EMF. And again, they've got some very interesting research on their website, and they've patented this technology for protecting biological objects from the negative influence of electromagnetic radiation in a pretty wide range of frequencies. So again, it's proven with scientific and peer-reviewed research. They've done third-party testing on it. They've got global patents on this technology, and uh, it's a lot different any of the other blockers or harmonizers out there because they're literally using a microprocessor and antenna to almost like absorb EMF and, and change it. So anyways, Eras Tech is giving all my listeners a 30% discount. You go to aristech.com forward slash Ben, A-I-R-E-S tech, T-E-C-H dot com forward slash Ben. And you can use code Ben30 to get 30% off. Have you ever heard of the book, The Art of War by Sun Tzu? Well, it's not half bad, but there's something even better than wisdom from some old ancient Chinese philosopher, the fart of war. That's right. The fart of war is a brand new, hilarious, slightly odorous card game designed by me and my sons as a part of our first ever father-son gaming company, Fried Pickles Games. The Fart of War is an epic battle card game in which your slightly weak princess fart armed with Indian food and a whey protein shake can go to battle against the old man fart or the nuclear fart that have been disabled by potpourri or peppermint oil, complete with special action cards like Blame It on the Dog that lets you mask the identity of any fart that you have and plenty of other fun for the whole family and your friends for any party you're ever going to throw. It is a hilarious game, and it's now available at fartofwar.com. My sons and I have been working tirelessly behind the scenes. We've hand-illustrated and designed every single card, and each card itself is a work of fart. Art, work of art. Now, this game is absolutely, astoundingly, amazingly funny to play. 
you're going to be chuckling, snorting, and possibly even tooting as you go to battle against other players to see who can defeat the most farts over the course of this fun game that I designed because we play a lot of dinner games as a family to be learned in five minutes and played with a variety of ages, skill levels, ability, and uh, odors. So anyways, fartofwar.com is where you can grab it. We're going to have all sorts of special perks for you, branded whoopee cushions, boxers, and briefs with your favorite fart character on the bootay and even custom branded bathroom spray. That's right. It's all at fartofwar.com. Check it out. Hey, so the biggest complaint, at least one of them I get from my clients who are business owners is they can't get their employees excited about improving their health. And it's no surprise when they have, you know, a corporate wellness initiative that involves like sticking a fruit bowl and some raw almonds in the break room or some generic fitness app that's boring and adds just another thing to an employee's already long to-do list. So I stepped back. I looked at corporate wellness programs from a fresh angle. Like what if we could do nutrition, fitness, mental health, sleep, productivity, make it fun, make it exciting, make it all-inclusive, make it easy to succeed in, incorporate all the latest science and the cool biohacks without breaking the bank, and have a team of coaches to customize a corporate wellness program to the exact needs of a corporation's team. So they do all the work, meaning my coaches do all the work. All you have to do is say yes to improving the health of your employees And then we come in, we take care of everything. You get to sit back and watch morale, productivity, and engagement increase while you get a huge team of happy and healthy employees. To learn more about my corporate wellness programs and how they'll make your company a better and ultimately a more successful place to work, you can go to bengreenfieldcoaching.com. That's bengreenfieldcoaching.com. Check it out. So back to this lawsuit. This guy's suing you because uh, he's claiming that the labeling was misleading. And uh, you you have shown that that the labeling is there on the product. But from what I understand, and this isn't just an issue with feel free, but Kratom in general, there's a lot of controversy around it, around its labeling, around what the FDA says in terms of claims. And this also is kind of a loaded question, but can you give me some background on what exactly is going on with Kratom, with labeling, with FDA? regulation and how this is all relevant to what you're going through right now. Kratom, you know, is it's been around in the US since the 70s. It's from Southeast Asia and in the 70s you had Asian populations that migrated in, they brought it with them. You had Vietnam vets that came back that were exposed to it while they were there that were using it and they brought it back with them. So it's been around for a long time. Um Currently, it's estimated there's somewhere between 15 and 20 million people in the U.S. that use it on a regular basis. So it's it's a big, big market. It is a big market because it really works. But again, it's like anything. You have to consume it responsibly or you're going to have issues. The FDA has tried for a long, long time to ban it or get it stopped. They started out in around 2010, 11, they got to the point of the DEA actually tried to schedule it and Congress stopped them, which is the first time that's ever happened. And it's only happened that one time. You know, hundreds of thousands of people petitioned their congressmen, you know, letting them know what it was doing for them. And it was knocked down. So then the FDA after that, they tried to get the World Health Organization, WHO, to ban it internationally. This was just uh, last year. And the WHO, fortunately, it's run by, you know, scientists. They looked at all the data, which there's quite a bit out there, safety data, and they said it does not warrant a, a ban. But the FDA still continues to try to figure out ways to, they can't stop it because it's not illegal. They just kind of peck around the edges. They have a import alert where they can, you know, look at every import that comes in and decide whether it's adulterated or not. They, on occasion, when companies, it seems when companies reach a certain size, they'll come in and do, you know, a seizure here or there. I mean, they did it to Vivazin back in 2014 when they were about the same size that we are. 
they seized a you know certain amount of product, but you know Vivas never stopped. They're still producing it today. They're limited in what they can do, but they just keep you know trying to tamp it down. Didn't they raid you too? They did. They uh, raided us about uh, forty-five days ago. What happened? Did a bunch of guys with guns just show up at your warehouse, or what's a raid actually go down like? It's not like the let's not like the movies. Uh, they came in and and they asked for an inventory of of you know finished and unfinished product. They came in as you know with with a notice of inspection, and they got a court order. They taped off uh, part of the product and said, you know, you can't touch that until we go to court, which, you know, we are in the process of doing. We filed a motion to dismiss uh, based on we don't feel like they have the grounds to do what they did. It's interesting because in the past, this has happened. They've done this about four or five times, different companies. Everybody's always just gave them the product. And when they did that, they just kind of went on and, you know, nobody said anything else. We're the first ones to, to challenge them on it. So we filed a dismissal and, you know, we'll have our day in court. When you say they gave them the product, you mean they just turned over all their inventory to the FDA? Yeah, yeah. Would they just go out of business after that? No, no, they just kept producing. How much of this is related to the labeling, like transparency and labeling? Nothing, nothing to do with the labeling because they've reviewed the labels. The labels are compliant. Okay. Have, have they always been that way, though? The labels have always been compliant, yes. Okay. The labels, we've, we've added stuff to them over time, but they've always been compliant. Yeah. Well, why do you think, you know, there, there's this one guy who's suing you, obviously, but a whole bunch of people have sent me links to this, like, Reddit forum, where a bunch of people are saying, oh, I got addicted to feel free. I didn't know what was in it. I got to go to detox now. What's your take on that whole Reddit thread that seems to just be a collection of people similar to this person that's suing you? There's a Reddit thread that has, you know, I think two or 300 members that are, you know, the one you mentioned. There's also another Reddit thread that has 34,000 members that is just the opposite. They're talking about, you know, what good it's done in their life and they're, you know, they're going after the people that are, you know, saying that it's not good. And we have, you know, thousands and thousands of testimonials. And, you know, it's there's a lot of people out there like me that this has been a lifesaver for me. If I didn't see that, I would stop producing it. Unfortunately, you know, even things like peanuts, not everybody can eat peanuts. Some people, if they eat them, they're going to have serious problems. It's, it's the same. I mean, it's not... You know, it's not a cure-all for everyone, but the majority of the people that we see actually find value in it. Yeah, we touched on this in, uh, I think, the second podcast that we did, because I looked into the actual genetics of Kratom metabolizing, you know, because there are certain CYP liver enzymes that, for example, would dictate how quickly or slowly you metabolize caffeine. That's probably the most popular people know of, the most popular example people know of where some folks will have a shot of espresso or a cup of coffee and just go hardwired ape nuts for the next couple hours because they, uh, they're, they're slow caffeine metabolizers and they're just not able to process all that caffeine. Then other people can have like two cups of coffee, you know, after dinner at a, at a cocktail party or whatever and sleep just fine that night and metabolize it super quickly and it's out of their system. I looked at those same CYP enzymes. I don't recall if you remember our discussion about this on the last podcast, but I think it was up around like 20% of people. They're just, pardon the expression, shitty metabolizers of Kratom. And it's just not for them. In the same way that you mentioned, some people are you know, allergic to peanuts or maybe some people have celiac disease in response to gluten or can't digest lactose or whatever. I kind of wonder how many people, not not to insult the whole Reddit thread and tell you you're, you're crappy at metabolizing a certain herb, but... I wonder how many people who struggle with something like feel free are simply not the type of people that should be using Kratom in the first place, right? It's probably some of that, but if, if you read those threads, most of the people that are on there that are, that are complaining are talking about having five or six of them a day. Yeah, it's a definite dosage issue also. Yeah, yeah. 
What about the deaths that people are talking about related to Kratom? Have you looked into Kratom deaths at all? So I actually just, we finished doing a study of, of, and really we just used the data off the FDA site. Uh, If you look at uh, even the number that they're reporting, which we've done a study of that, there's not a single verified Kratom only death to date. There's poly use. There's about four or 500 of those where people are using other things or they had gunshot wounds or something else, but they tested Kratom in their system and they got logged as, as Kratom. Uh, but if you look at it from, you know, their overall database, and I've done the graphics, we're, we're getting ready to publish some of this, is it's minuscule compared to a lot of other foods and drugs that are approved. You know, an example would be with alcohol or even Tylenol or caffeine. There's hundreds of deaths every year for caffeine, heart attacks. There's, a, there's nothing, as you said, I mean, there's going to be certain people that can't metabolize well. There's going to be certain people that consume way too much of it and have issues. But even when you look at all that, the Kratom safety profile is at the very bottom compared to a lot of these other substances that we don't seem to really want to talk about. That's interesting. So in the same way that a lot of people will take, say, like COVID death statistics and not realize that someone could be claimed as dying from COVID if they happen to have been infected and gotten hit by a car or had a heart attack, and thus that death could be attributed to COVID in the same way, like if I take a bunch of, say, Kratom or Feel Free and go to, I don't know, Wim Hof and cold thermogenesis and experience shallow water blackout in a pool you could technically say that that was a Kratom death. Correct, correct. And, and the reality is, is that we have not had a single uh, report of a death related to, to feel free itself, even poly or whatever. I mean, we've not had anybody say anything about that. We've not had anybody that's, that's verified any liver damage or any kind of physical damage. How does the safety data, and I, I realize you're probably a little bit biased, but how does the safety data of this compare to opioids? Because from what I understand, a ton of people use Kratoms as an alternative to opioids, and I'm guilty as charged. Like I've been prescribed opioids a couple of times for, uh, I had a thumb surgery, I had a knee injection, and a couple other pain-related scenarios where I was prescribed a painkiller and I took Kratom instead to kill the pain because there's like certain strains that can help you sleep. Obviously, I don't think that's what you're putting in feel free. I think it's more the energetic variety. But there's like this pain blunting effect, which is also incidentally why I swear by by this as a a strategy for like a really hard workout. You know, a lot of ultra runners will use like, you know, micro doses of THC and LSD to get through a 50 mile run. I know a lot of people who will use something like Kratom to blast through a hit workout or a high intensity workout in the gym. And I've had success with that. So there's a definite pain blunting effect, whether it comes to physical exertion related pain or perceived rating of exertion, but then also pain related things like surgeries, injuries, etc. What's the efficacy of Kratom for something like that in terms of what you've found as far as like an opioid alternative? Well, what I can tell you is that if you know, look at the FDA's database, there's about, I think, 50, 60,000 people a year that die from opioids. Even if you took on face what, you know, the FDA is saying and even took with all the polys, you're talking about maybe a hundred a year of Kratom. So big, big difference. And, and the, the main reason I think that that is, is that my understanding is the majority of the people that die from opioids die because they stop breathing because opioids have respiratory suppressant. Okay. And Kratom does not have a respiratory suppressant. So even if you take large doses of it, you're going to get sick, but you're not going to stop breathing and die. I was going to ask you, what about the, the kava? Would that cause any kind of respiratory suppression because it's a relaxant? No, it does not. There's, there's not been one single verified death from kava ever that I can find anywhere. Yeah, I did a long podcast about Kava with the guy. He, he's probably a competing product of yours, even though there's enough Kratom in it. A camera and a George who runs a true Kava company. And we had a long discussion about the safety of Kava. And honestly, like from everything I've seen, you know, not that Kratom from what we've already talked about 
is as dangerous as I think a lot of people purport it to be. But Kava seems even cleaner and safer than that. So I really don't see any issues with it either. I think that Kava is probably one of the best things there is out there. I think one of the biggest issues that our society is facing today is stress and anxiety. You know, we're, we're disconnected from nature. We're not we're eating processed foods. We have too much information overload. Just, you know, a lot of things happening. It's like the perfect storm and it's creating all this stress and anxiety. And what people are doing is they're self-medicating for that. So they're using sugar mainly. And sugar is, an, is incredibly good at treating stress and anxiety. Unfortunately, it has health issues. They're using alcohol, they're using prescription drugs, they're using everything they can get their hands on to try to treat this. There's one thing that I know of that's probably the best treatment for stress and anxiety, and that's kava. And the great thing about kava is it is completely safe. Yeah. Not, you're not going to have the health issues with kava as you do with other things that you would treat yourself with for stress and anxiety. All of our uh, products that we currently have and the ones that we're coming out with are kava forward. That's the main ingredient. We have several products that are coming out that are just kava. I see a future where, and that's what we're doing, you know, in Vanuatu is we're putting in our own farms, our own processing centers. I see a, a future where kava can be put in a lot of different things, just like sugar is. So it could be in a soda, it could be in potato chips and use that to treat the stress and anxiety versus some of the things that are currently being used. And the key to that is, is making it taste good. And that's what we finally figured out how to do is to actually give it a good taste profile. It's the, the bitterness of it that gets to some people. And we've, we've figured out how to um, offset that bitterness. Yeah. Well, you're talking to a guy who dry powders just about every supplement I take. So the flavor profile I'm, I'm probably a little bit jaded about but the the thing with kava too is you know i've become increasingly disillusioned with thc forward strains of cannabis and cannabis shots and cannabis edibles edibles just due to the uh the mitochondrial free radical leakage particularly in neuronal tissue and kava i think is the closest thing to weed either in drinkable form or tincture form or even capsule form and it doesn't result in any of the neural deficits. Like I've given kava to my sons before, and obviously we can't make claims about safety for children or breastfeeding women or things like that on this podcast. You should always talk to a doctor or do your research first. But I mean, compared to Weave, I think the safety profile of kava, considering that it seems to give very, very similar effects, even in terms of like the creativity and, and uh, like the mental enhancement components when it comes to thinking in new patterns and new ways, I think it's way safer than weed. It's interesting now that I've spent quite a bit of time in the Pacific Islands. The islands that are kava forward, and these are islands you know, where, where entire communities, you know, are consuming it on a regular basis daily. There is very little crime. They're they're happy. They're they're unstressed. And you go to offsetting islands that are alcohol forward, and they're exactly the opposite. I mean, you can see it, you can, you can feel it, the difference. I think that we're really on to something here on a much, that can become a lot larger scale because I do believe, like I said, that stress and anxiety is, is one of the biggest issues that our society is facing. And I think that, you know, Kaba is the answer. What's Vanuatu like, this island where, where apparently a lot of the Kaba originated and that you get it from? About 80% of the kava in the world is grown in Vanuatu. Vanuatu is uh, it's a group of 80 islands. It's a country uh, between Fiji and New Zealand. It's where, you know, where kava started. Uh, it's also grown, you know, in the Solomon Islands, Fiji Islands, several other areas throughout the Pacific. But the biggest part of it is grown in Vanuatu. And it's similar to cannabis and that there's probably 200 strains of kava. Different strains do, you know, have different uh, feelings to them or effects. What's happened with, with what I think happened, you mentioned about THC, is that I, I remember the, the weed that I smoked when I was a lot younger. I mean, it, it didn't have near the THC content that what it has today. I mean, it was a fraction of it. I actually liked that. I can't handle what's in the market today. And 
I think we've taken something that, you know, was mother nature had designed and was good. And we've turned it into something that, you know, it wasn't meant to be. I think to me, that's the big problem with THC. Yeah, it kind of comes full circle to that synthetic versus natural discussion that we were having earlier. And obviously, as you so elegantly alluded <laughs> to, water can kill you and water is pretty natural. But yeah, synthetic THC, synthetic kratom extracts, caffeine powder, and these energy drinks that have like 600 mg plus of caffeine in them. I, I don't think those are really doing anybody a service either if they don't use them with incredible amounts of, of precision and training. Yeah, it's one thing that they're not, you know, they're, they're dangerous and they're unhealthy. It's the other thing is I don't like the feeling you get a, you know, you get kind of an edginess or paranoia or something, you know, it, it's not really the feeling that, you know, that I, how I want to feel. Yeah, I, I agree. And in most cases, unless you're using it, I would say for like the medical effects, like I've also used THC a couple of times for pain and particularly pain in relation to sleep and Actually, for one of those injuries I was talking about, I even stacked it with a sleepy strain of Kratom and just slept like a baby through something that would have caused me to be biting my lower lip off the entire night. And it does work, but I think the use cases are pretty few and far between. I, I think it's, it's a pretty abused compound. But I wanted to ask you too, I mean, just, just for you, I guess maybe a little bit more of a personal question. Seems to me like you're going through hell and back with this lawsuit. How are you handling it personally? With uh, feel free, <laughs> I I consider it myself on a regular basis, and you know it works for me. It does. You know, I went through some stressful things, you know, earlier in life, and that's why I was drinking, you know, as much alcohol as I was. I was I was self medicating myself against stress, and I used the you know the feel free the kava to self medicate myself against stress and anxiety. And it works. Do you do any like meditation or breath work or anything like that? I do, you know, every morning I get up, I do my, you know, I do sauna, I do cold plunge. I do, you know, work out every morning. I have a very disciplined fitness routine that I, and I eat well and all that. But even with all that, with, you know, the amount of stress that I'm facing right now, I have to have something in addition to that because I get, yeah, I'll get edgy, and I and I damn sure don't want to go back to where I was before. So the, this new formula that you're making, you know, about, about kind of the anxiolytic piece, you talked about how kratom can be a little bit more of an upper than kava, and even very energetic. I would imagine that based on what you've told me about this new formula, and I'd love for you to outline it for people. This new formula might be something that, particularly for like anxiety or stress, especially people who are sensitive to kratom could be even more applicable in that type of scenario, yeah? Yeah, what we did is is we took a, a group of, of ingredients, plants, and we blended that together to get the same feeling as Kratom gives you to offset the, the kava. So it, it provides the energy like in the, the productivity enhancement like the Kratom does uh, in, in place of it. And then you still have the kava that gives you the chilled part of it. That wasn't that easy to do. It wasn't that easy to figure out the right ratio of several different ingredients in order to mimic what Kratom does. So walk me through what exactly is in this new formula. So it's kola nut. It's rhodiola. Kola? You mean like like uh, like K-O-L-A, like go-to cola? Yeah, kola nut. That's providing a natural caffeine. Okay. And it's rhodiola. And uh, lion's mane. Okay. Got the, just those three plus kava, huh? Yeah. Is it the same amount of kava that's in the original feel-free shot or use more kava? It's a little bit less kava in it. Okay. All right. Got it. So I, I want to ask you a couple of questions about these. So the kola nut, you said it's a natural form of caffeine. Is that different than like the natural form of caffeine you'd find in a cup of coffee or coffee bean, for example? It's a different way of sourcing natural caffeine. You know, caffeine, natural caffeine to me is pretty much the same, I think. So describe go-to cola to me. Like, like what exactly is it and, and where does it come from? It's, as it's described, it's a nut. I don't actually know, to be honest with you, where it's actually uh, grown at. But it's, it's, as the name says, it's a primary ingredient that Coca-Cola has used for a long time to source its caffeine. What made you pick that? 
We tried every different form of natural caffeine that's available. We tried probably over 200 different ingredients in different combinations and then brought in people with, and did blind sensory testing and tested them against Kratom. Different formulas, different percentages until we found the one that people said was the closest to what Kratom made them feel like. That's interesting. I don't know if I ever use much go-to cola like by itself to assess for myself subjectively how I feel on that versus how I feel on Kratom. But does it simulate anything like, I don't know, like the pain killing or the euphoria properties of Kratom? Or is it mostly just for the energetic central nervous system stimulant from the caffeine? When you combine these ingredients together, you get the productivity enhancement and energy. Okay. Got what you say when you combine, you mean when you add also the, the rhodiola and the lion's mane? Correct. It's not exactly the same as, as Kratom. I mean, I, you just can't, you know, I haven't figured out how to exactly match that, but it's, it's damn close. Okay. Interesting. You have to do more research on Gatu Cola. I mean, like I mentioned, you, you sent me some of the new formula. I've probably drank like six bottles of it over the past few weeks. I really dig it, dude. Like I, I feel, I feel different on it than I do on the feel free formula with the kratom. Particularly, I feel a little bit less like I've had a cocktail or something like that, like that loosey goosey energy. But as far as the energy in general, I mean, it seems to be almost like a slightly lower amount of euphoria, but an equivalent amount of let's say like a pre workout boost or you know, sleep deprived energy or something like that. Yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. What I found myself doing is I use it earlier in the day and use the old formula later in the day because it, it is more energizing and it's, it has less of, like you said, the, the euphoric feeling. Not that we want to turn people into total junkies, but have you ever tried like doing a shot or half a shot of the original feel free formula and doing a shot or half a shot of this new formula together? <laughs> I haven't done that, but what I have done is uh, we're actually coming out with a capsule version of the new formula also. Oh. I've taken a half a shot of the uh, old formula and taken a single capsule of the new, and I really like that. Yeah, I like those capsules too for travel because you don't have a bunch of glass bottles and liquid and stuff like that. Those things work work pretty well, and especially people who, again, don't like the mouth-numbing effect or the flavor of the feel free, the capsule seem seem pretty convenient. We we did a whole podcast on that, obviously. Yeah, I don't know why, but I actually like because it's three capsules to equal a half bottle of uh, the capsule version. I like the new formula in capsule form better than anything. Oh, cool! I'll just try it. The rhodiola. What, what about that? Why is that in there? We were taking everything we knew that you know was natural and kind of in this space. And, you know, trying different combinations strictly to try to mimic the same feeling that the old formula of Feel Free gives you. So it wasn't really looking at any specific thing that, that, you know, a specific ingredient would give you. It was more about, you know, what does the combination do? Okay, got it. Yeah. From what I under understand, it's a uh, it's not a mushroom. A lot of people think it's a mushroom, but it's like an adaptogenic plant that an you know, adaptogen would kind of increase energy when you're low on energy, stabilize you a little bit if it were too excessive, similar to like a, like a reishi mushroom or an ashwagandha or something like that. I think it acts a little bit on some of the serotonin receptors. It, it seems like for an energetic compound, it would be based on the same logic that some people would use when they're putting or combining L-theanine with caffeine or reishi with uh, something excitatory like lion's mane or something like that. So it, it's kind of like a, a stabilizer in my opinion. Yeah, I've taken it by itself and I can't really tell that it, you know, that it does anything to be honest with you. But I can tell, you know, when it's when it's mixed with the other ingredients. That's the way a lot of these adaptogens work is they're meant to be stacked. They're stacked with either something that has the potential to make you too sleepy or something that has the potential to make you too energetic. And they kind of modulate and slow bleed those effects. So that kind of makes sense with the rhodiola. And the, did you say that the, the last ingredient is lion's mane? Lion's mane, yes. And what's the idea behind that? Very similar. Uh, it, again, it wasn't specifically about it being, you know, this or that. It was more about 
combining it with the other things and what, you know, what the combined feeling was. But I think, you know, Lines Main, from what I understand, is kind of in the same boat. It's more, it's about, you know, mental clarity. Yeah, well, there's also kind of like the neurogenesis component of Lions Main as well. It appears to act a little bit similar to uh, to psilocybin as far as the induction of some neuronal sprouting and, you know, difference in, in the way that you would approach problems or thought patterns, et cetera. And, and particularly, it's a precursor to uh, BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor. It's interesting because I and my sons both carry the gene that limits your production endogenously of BDNF. And because of that, all of us use lion's mane on a regular basis. And the other, probably the other two pretty powerful things for that are sauna and some element of aerobic exercise. So it's pretty useful as far as like a creativity enhancement agent or a, or a neuroplasticity increasing agent, but it's a mushroom. And I know a lot of people might be curious about this. I don't know if you know the answer, but a lot of mushrooms in terms of like the sourcing, because they're a bioremediant, right? They'll draw anything out from the soil or the medium that they're grown upon. And so many people get concerned over like the sourcing or how the mushroom was grown or where it's from. Do, do you know anything about the lion's mane sourcing and the feel free new formula? We're very, you know, very meticulous about the quality of the sourcing that we do. Again, not only did we try the different ingredients that I mentioned before, but we tried, you know, several different sources. Uh, and I can tell you that, you know, there is a variance between sources quite, quite a bit. What about like the growth medium, you know, in terms of like a natural, like wood-based medium or, or rye or something like that, or starch? Do you know, do you know anything about the, the sourcing or the synthesis of the lion's mane? I don't myself. The R&D team is, you know, extremely, you know, into all of that, but I don't myself. You're the, you're the CEO and I'm asking you all the operator science questions, but, you know, if you wanted to also, the show notes are going to be at bengreenfieldlife.com slash feel free three, feel free the number three. If you, if you want to share any information about the sourcing or the innovation behind this new product, if you have any paper or anything like that, JW, I could put it in the show notes for people who want to take a deeper dive. Yeah, I'll get, uh, I'll get our scientists to uh, prepare something and, and put it in there. Yeah, put your propeller hat people on that because I know I'm asking you some of the questions that uh, you're probably not quite in the weeds enough to to know about. So, what about anything as far as future innovations? Obviously, you've now got the original formula liquid, the new formula liquid, the original formula capsule. Sounds like the new formula eventually capsule. Are you guys looking into anything else uh, besides the the kava stuff? Yeah, the next one that's coming out is uh, is the feel free soda. It'll be an 8.4 ounce uh, soda in a can, it's carbonated, wonderful taste, and it will be the formula of the new version. Well, that's fantastic. I, I actually, there, there's one, again, probably competitor, so I'm going to talk about your competitor on a podcast with you, JW, but uh, True Kava does a soda, like a kava-based soda. I think it's it's fantastic. Yeah, I've actually had their soda. In fact, I have some in the fridge right now, and, and i I like them. We've created something I think that's actually better than that. But, you know, people will tell us, you know, some people like one, some people like the others. It's kind of funny. Some people, I'm going to call it my brother on this because I know he doesn't care. Plus, I can't get in trouble with my brother. They'll try to like make their own home version of Feel Free by taking some of these kava drinks and kava compounds and kava tinctures and combining them with Kratom that they bought from the head shop or the gas station or whatever. And yeah, I've attempted that a couple of times, but dude, I can't seem to simulate the effects probably because it's not the right type of kratom full leaf and the ratios that you have and probably the lipids aren't in there and some of the other things that help it to cross the blood brain barrier. That part of it I can tell you about because I did that formulation work myself because that was that was about two years of me working in my kitchen trying, you know, different combinations until I found the right combination. It's again, it's like cannabis. It's it's not just about the ratios. It's about the strains you use. And there's a lot more involved than, you know, it's always, you know, more than what you think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd pay good money to stop into your kitchen sometime, dude, and see what, see what the mad scientist lab looked like back in the day. My, my kitchen right now is a bunch of uh, oxtail from U.S. Wellness Meats because I'm doing a lot of experimentation for a cookbook, a new cookbook I'm working on. And all my cookbooks are kind of bastardized versions of cookery. It's like 
molecular gastronomy meets biohacking meets weird to find or hard to unlock <laughs> superfoods. And I just use all manner of kitchen tools, you know, like the sous vide, you know, or an immersion blender or an air fryer. In this case tonight, I'm seeing how tender I can get oxtail, which is usually a super long, slow cook time by doing a, a special uh, vinegar deglazing and uh, marination and then a 40 minute pressure cooker on it. So that, that's what my kitchen is like right now. I'll, I'll, hold, I'll hold my oxtail up to your kratom any day of the week. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, that's the invite for dinner. Well, folks, I know you're probably going to have a lot of questions about this. I would imagine we'll probably get some visitors from the Reddit forums or other folks who are concerned about some of the issues that have been raised regarding Feel Free in this lawsuit. And look, I've my website is a total open platform. Like I welcome anybody's questions or comments or feedback. I know JW sees a lot of those as well. So if you want to jump in with your own comments, usage questions, you know, controversial ideas, anything like that regarding Feel Free, because I know it tends to be a little bit of a lightning rod, this little blue bottle for some reason. Go over to the show notes at bengreenfieldlife.com slash feel free three. And uh, you can leave your comment there. All I ask for is your credit card number and your mailing address. No, I'm just kidding. Just leave your comment over there. I look at them all. I'm happy to reply and dive in and help point you in the right direction. In the meantime, JW, thanks so much for coming on, for joining me and for opening the kimono and giving us some inside baseball on Botanic Tonics. As always, I appreciate you um, having me on. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I should mention, I do get from JW some pretty steep discounts on this stuff. Like I was shocked the first time he gave me something, it was like 40% off of something, $40 off different boxes. And so I'll find the best discounts I can get on this stuff and put them in the show notes for you guys. Cause JW for some reason has been super kind to my audience in particular with his discount codes and things. So there's a few floating around out there. I'll put them in the show notes and uh, you guys can get a discount on this stuff if you want to try the old formula or the new formula or the capsules or anything like that for yourself. So JW, I'll just put that stuff in the show notes if that works. Cool. All right. Well, sweet. Well, folks, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining in. Until next time, I'm Ben Greenfield along with JW Ross signing out from bengreenfieldlife.com. Have an amazing week. More than ever these days, people like you and me need a fresh, entertaining, well-informed, and often outside-the-box approach to discovering the health and happiness and hope that we all crave. So I hope I've been able to do that for you on this episode today. And if you liked it, or if you love what I'm up to, then please leave me a review on your preferred podcast listening channel, wherever that might be, and just find the Ben Greenfield Life episode. Say something nice. Thanks so much. It means a lot.